Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to Never Heard of It, a Night Shift Radio original. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review if you're so inclined. For more information, visit nightshiftradio.com. I love your uh, your, your Nick Cage <laughs> shadow boxing thing. I dig it. Yeah. Yeah. I gave him, I gave him the old wallop. Uh, Wailed on uh, him. <laughs> he, he won't be. He won't be coming after you anymore, Mister. <laughs> Caleb, did you get a? You got a haircut. You're all cleaned up. It looks. I did, and uh, so as not to disappoint Andrea in it being Father's Day as we record this, I will say no. I got them all cut. <laughs> Andrew was very disappointed in me for missing the opportunity to make that joke when we were recording Second Condition One um, yesterday. Holy yesterday. shit! Yesterday we did that yeah. yesterday. Um, a dramatic this whole, one. This whole couple of weeks, it just everything's been out of whack. I've been recording on weird days. Um, we did a double yesterday. Like lots of stuff happening. I mean, I did my uh, our, our little trip to Chicago for Ellen's birthday this yeah. past week. Um, that's where I got my hairs cut. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I don't like this. I don't know if this is a thing. Sure. Um, but I wandered into a couple of different barbershops in like, you know, just nice residential neighborhoods, uh, you, know, with, you know, commercial districts and whatnot. And, you know, not a single person in sight, uh, a few uh, barbers, stylists, whatever, just sitting around uh, waiting for clients. And, I, you know, big walk-ins welcome sign on the, the front door. So I said, "Hey, do you have availability for Watkins?" Oh, sorry, we're we're booked solid. Uh, would you like to would you like to you know schedule for something later? And you know me being in town for just a few days, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. But you yeah, know, whatever. Uh, so I go into two places in a row, and it's like this. That there was a third that I almost went into it, but didn't. Uh, and then there was a, a fourth one that I, I looked uh, for reviews. So I was trying to find out uh, you know if it was worth even trying again, and. In the reviews, several people explicitly called out that same scenario. Like the place would be empty and like, yeah. oh, we're booked solid. You know, you have to book you know, weeks in advance or whatever. And so I don't know if that's a thing that like the like hipper barbers in the Chicago area are like trying to create this artificial exclusivity by like saying that they allow walk-ins but always being booked when you try. I don't know. But we were walking through uh, through downtown, and uh, I guess maybe it was uh, 
it might have been like Tuesday evening, like our last day there or something, our last like full day there. And you know, we passed this little barbershop that just kind of, you'd miss it if you weren't paying attention. And Ellen said that the, uh, there were two guys in there and one of them, like this just big, huge dude just looks down and sees Penelope. He just gives a big smile on his face. <laughs> She's like, you should try this place. Like, I don't know. I don't want to. You know, okay, fine. I will. Right. I walk in, got me right in, did this great haircut in like 15 minutes. Uh, like total classic barber. He's just waving his hand around with the clippers and like just magic happens. It's It like, it flummoxes me. <laughs> I don't get it. That's, that's, uh, that's why. Yeah. I mean, a good barber, my, uh, the barber I used to go to when I uh, was getting haircuts, um, uh, they, they would book in advance, but no matter when you showed up, they, I mean, it was, you know, it was a line out the door. So, yeah. um, yeah, no, I mean, I, so like they, I understood because it was like, you would show up and there would be people sitting outside waiting because there were so many people and you'd be like, you got to make an appointment. And I was like, yeah, yeah, obviously. I get that. Yeah. If, yeah, yeah. if I went to some place and saw that they were that jam packed, I'd have been like, it seems that you're busy. Uh, on the off chance that you have a spot for walk-ins, I'd like to put my name down, but uh, you know, I'm not going to be shocked or upset at all if you tell me that you don't. Yeah. Uh, but these places were dead. <laughs> I was ready to give them more money than I should have. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it worked out. The, the place that I went to, the guy was great. The, you know, didn't cost me any more than uh, my normal here in St. Louis, uh, which is cool. Um Oh, apparently they can't hear me on the stream. They can't so. hear you on stream. I I think I can fix that. That's okay. a that's a thing that I know I can fix if I think about it. While you're doing uh, that, we we should explain to anyone listening to this after yeah. the fact that we have uh, begun streaming uh, our recording sessions because why the hell not? Why uh, the hell not on um, on Michael's Twitch channel? Uh, I'm actually going to let this person know. Uh, oh, now you're gonna and, hear double of me. Oh no. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we we begin streaming because why the hell not? You know, we have the the as an option, so we're doing that. And uh, somebody just pointed out that uh, they couldn't hear my audio, which you know probably for the best for them. But <laughs> right, they right, right. they did just miss my entire story about the haircut. <laughs> uh, I think now you should be able to hear. Caleb. So, Caleb, uh, go ahead and talk. I mean, I guess we'll find out. Uh, Hallrock, let us know if you can hear me. Um, but, yeah, so... Uh, I mean, the monitor's moving, so it looks like it should be able to hear you. Hooray. Um, hooray. Yeah, so that that was my, my, my story about getting getting all my hairs cut in Chicago. That's that's a good... I, that's good. So, then now you know you have to travel to Chicago every time you want to get a haircut. I got... No. Uh, there is... You know, actually, there's, a like, a, a barber... I don't know if they're a chain or if there's a local place that looks like they would be a chain. Uh, it's called Dapper Gents. They're right uh, yeah, here in downtown cool. St. Louis, just just down the, the road for me. Uh, I think I'll probably end up going there. I went there and got my beard trimmed right before my wedding, and that worked out really well. Um, and it's it's a lot closer and a lot easier for me to get to than my normal stylist, who I absolutely love. Um, but ever since she's been able to reopen, um, she's been booked solid. Uh, all except for like the most awkward times to try to like rush over there. So uh, someday I do want to go back to her because she's wonderful and I have a lot of back payments to make to her from the haircuts that Ellen gave me over quarantine. <laughs> um, but I think for like more regular touch-up stuff, I'll probably end up going to the one closer to me. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so, uh, um, haircuts, eventually I'll get one again. Uh, so as Kayla mentioned, we are streaming again live on Twitch. We're giving this a shot. Obviously right now, uh, we're having technical difficulties. I had this issue last night. Juniper and I actually streamed Fortnite last night. Oh yeah. And I had this issue where audio was just being, uh, a difficult thing because that's how streaming is. It is absolutely terrible at most, uh, times <laughs> and things that work one day when you literally touch nothing will not work the next day and it's happened i mean i've been streaming on twitch for like seven years and it always happens uh without with something happening and something going wrong uh so i'm not sure i i mean i'm i don't know uh it seems like it would it should be working fine but i guess it's not um and i'm not sure uh maybe we did this did i do this uh maybe i did this inside of uh twitch studio maybe that's where i did this last time so maybe we'll jump over there and see how that works um i don't know but either way uh, i do want to point out so the person that was chatting in in uh in our chat is uh is uh hell he goes by uh hell rock um he was actually featured he was one of the voice actors in our latest storyteller series episode incident at ape cannon yeah Ape, yeah. Ape Canyon. Uh, yeah, so uh, Hal played the voice of uh, Frenchie um, okay. uh, in it. So that was uh, that was pretty cool. Um, you know, he did he did an absolutely great job. So we're super excited. So if you have not listened to that yet, um, highly recommend it. It is available um, on uh, uh, on any podcast platform, whatever you look for. Just look for uh, the Storyteller series um, and uh, definitely check that out. Uh, you know, it's, you know, it's a good one, uh, I say. Um, all right, let's see. So this is this, save this. Uh, I think we're gonna, we're gonna swap over. Um, yeah, uh, so, so again, if you guys have not heard, uh, the Storyteller series, highly recommend. I'm gonna move this over because I can't see. Um... Yeah, I actually yeah. I haven't had a chance to listen to this one yet, but I'm going to this coming week. Um, obviously, I'm a little nervous. You know, my, my first time taking the, the the narrator role, but it was, was so good. It was a lot of fun. And when I heard when Casey told me that he also did an EJO voice, I was like, "Fuck!" Now I want everyone to do that. He did. It was so it was so good. Uh, he did <laughs> such a great job. Um, I, I was very, very pleased, uh, with, with the voices and you know what, they were different enough, um, that, uh, I feel like they were different enough that I felt like they did, uh, that it did, it wasn't weird basically. That's, that's where I'm saying. So like, it seemed good. like it was just, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. It was, it was good. I enjoyed it. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. And, uh. I also, I, I think I want to spend some time this week, uh, since this will be my my first real week of my unemployment, because, you know, last week was vacation and I was going to be off anyway. Right. Um, my, my first real week. Um, I kind of also want to spend some time looking at Good Pods, that new uh, social podcast platform. Yeah. Uh, looks really interesting. I've been seeing a lot of, a lot of, a uh, lot of buzz about it on, on the Twitter <laughs> So, hey. <laughs> now you can hear. All right, we're good. All right. Yeah. Um yeah, I you know, I uh if it's if it's similar to um Goodreads uh like it is for 
um, uh, books. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. very, I'm very excited for that. You know, like there's, there's things like Podchaser, but Podchaser is more of like an IMDb for podcasts, yeah. and it's not so much about a discovery. I mean, I know that that is in fact built into their apps, but I feel like it is more of a, a credit system, a roster system. Well, there was another. Uh, I might have deleted it off my phone. There was another uh, kind of social, not social media, but social media app <laughs> uh, that I had mentioned to you at one point that was all about like uh, books, movies, TV, and podcasts. And yeah. that was kind of interesting, but like, I don't know, I just, I didn't, there was, there was kind of almost too much going on. So I gave up on it. Um, but uh, good pod seems kind of interesting. Uh, again, from that, that concept of like good reads was cool. I get, I got rid of that because I found out it was owned by Amazon and I've been trying to, uh, Strip most of Amazon out of my life. Obviously, Twitch, you know, yeah, <laughs> it is what I mean, it is. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've removed most of my, my personal use of, of Amazon-related stuff from my life. Uh, eh, you know, whatever. It's fine. Everything's yeah. fine. Uh, that being said, uh, we are available on Amazon Music uh, for those of you that listen <laughs> there. So uh, go ahead and <laughs> make sure to <laughs> subscribe and... <laughs> I, I like to think that I, I'm one of those people that may make a, a principled decision on my own, but don't try to like, uh, like, um, force or like coerce other people to to make the same decision. Like, you know what? You want to shop Prime? Do it all day long. I don't fucking care. Uh, you know, you want to stream on Prime? I was on Music. Like, do it. Like, whatever makes you happy. I've chosen not to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I mean, obviously I buy things off Amazon prom every so often just Amazon because prom? it's, it's Amazon prom, uh, <laughs> Optimus prime, Amazon prompt. Um, I don't know, man, I'm drunk. Um, and, uh, but you know, I, I, uh, also, I think, you know, I've mentioned before, um, uh, there is a literal Amazon warehouse being built That's... in my backyard. Yeah, I can attest. I saw it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Caleb saw it when he was here. You look That's, out my backyard and it's just factory or warehouse, uh, I guess. You know what? Like, honestly, what makes me the most sad about that is not even anything to do with Amazon. Uh, it's that, like, I live in slash I'm surrounded by uh, old warehouses, like red brick, like stone, like solid built, sturdy, like old city yeah warehouses and they're gorgeous but like these nondescript one maybe two story but like 300 acre <laughs> like boxes that are now considered warehouses in modern times they just they make me sad uh, yeah. you know you drive like the outskirts of a city and you just see these these rows and rows of these massive buildings with even bigger parking lots and I'm like you know this used to be part of the core of a city and that's you know get off my lawn it's yeah it's what that amounts to sure sure get entirely yeah. off my lawn i mean <laughs> you know it's a very conflicting thing because like it's gonna bring 1,000 jobs to the area yeah i mean they're shit jobs they pay like 15 dollars an hour so they're shit jobs but if they pay but, 15 dollars an hour right. at least is the you know the, the minimum target at this point yeah so it's it's their 1550 starting wages that is what they're currently advertising for like the the bottom of the bottom you know and we're talking like starting you know factory line type mm-hmm. type jobs like this is the the low end so 1550 
uh, minimum wage uh, jobs, and they're in this, you know, and there's this this warehouse, but it's bringing a thousand jobs. I mean, awesome, yeah. great, same day shipping, great. But I mean, for you, they can just hand it to you. <laughs> they literally, yeah. I, I told, you know, I, I basically have been joking that they should just leave it out the back door and I'll just walk over and, and just grab it. I'd be like, you know what? Don't even send the, just, the Amazon car. I'll just walk over and grab the package. It's, set you know, up it's a, right a little, little lockbox uh, yeah. outside. <laughs> like a little P.O. box. Just going, oh, thanks for my package. I, I got my skinny jeans. Thanks. <laughs> so. <laughs> Fifteen fifty is the the starting wage for like warehouse floor kind of entry level job. I wonder yeah. how much like what is the the wage threshold where you actually get like breaks? <laughs> I don't know. I, at fifteen fifty, you, you definitely have to, have to buy your own you... pee bottle. Like that is <laughs> they don't supply it at fifteen fifty. <laughs> you got to earn the the pee bottle. To, do you have to, to make it like do you have to get like cross the seventeen dollar dollar threshold before you get a bathroom break? <laughs> yeah, I think that's yeah, that's right. You got to work towards that. You know, that this is a starter job. You don't get bathroom breaks until you're you know three months older. <laughs> and that being said, hello and welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm your host Michael Fight, and I'm Caleb, <laughs> and oh, this uh, I'm just I'm so very happy today. I'm very happy this this movie has held up the the test of time. Um, we of course are here today to to wrap up our month of June talking about Nick Cage movies. Yeah, and we are. This is like this is what really like set it all in motion. This movie today is the one that I have been just dying to share with y'all, and I do hope you know. Again, spoiler for for the end of this, uh, I am going to absolutely recommend that you watch this movie. Uh, yeah. So we'll get that out of the way right now. Uh, but we're talking about The Weatherman, which was another 2005 Nicolas Cage release. So basically back to back with uh, Lord of War that we talked about last week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that and was 2005 as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Dang. They were both Crank, 2005. Cranking out uh, the and, hits this year. And again, yeah, this was absolutely like hit the prime of his career. He was just cranking out these movies. And not all of them were great, but... I don't think any of them were awful at this point. Like he hadn't gone full batshit yet. He hadn't gone yeah. just taking, you know, any and every role, like no matter what, how terrible it was. Like he was getting good roles. And not only that, they were roles that were right for him. <laughs> Definitely. You know, uh, so this movie really, it, this, you know, this is very like to me, you know, obviously this is the same year and we talked about this in the last episode, but this is a perfect Nick Cage film mm -hmm. for respecting Nick Cage as an actor. Yes. Um, as opposed to wanting to see Nick Cage as Nick Cage, you know? So like I would akin this to uh, Will Ferrell in Stranger Than Fiction. Mm, I'm glad you say that and we'll get yeah. to it. Yeah, so, because, I mean, it is very much that, like, it's not a full-on Will Ferrell film, but, like, there's that tiny bit of elements, and we'll, we'll you know, as Caleb said, we'll, we'll mention a few of them. Uh, so, The Weatherman, so I watched this movie on Paramount+. Plus. Um, I don't I. know. Yeah. Yep. Um, which, uh, uh, a brand new service, I guess? I don't know. It's kind of an amalgamation of CBS All Access and something else, right? Well, Paramount is the, uh, the parent company for CBS, and... Uh, apparently decided that they wanted to have a less like focus branded and more like umbrella catch all. Like this is the sure. properties owned by Paramount and we're going to give them all to you and not just the Columbia Broadcasting Service. 
Yeah, because I mean, it's also some Viacom stuff because yeah. Nickelodeon's in there and Nickelodeon's Viacom. Yeah. Um, I think there's MTV and VH1 stuff in there, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> That's also Viacom. Um, yeah, uh, Viacom owns, well, at least they used to, they own like MTV, VH1, BET. I want my MTV. Fuse, <laughs> I think. No, maybe if you not Fuse, but like MTV, VH1, BET, Nickelodeon. And like two other networks that are all like kind of the same thing, um, and that I guess falls under the the Paramount brand. But can I watch pop up video? <laughs> pop up video. <laughs> I you know one day, one day years down the road, we're gonna hire some intern, pay pay an intern, <laughs> yeah, to yeah, go yeah. through all of our old podcasts <laughs> and do a pop up podcast yes! video for old episodes. Yes! <laughs> Oh, I'm so into that idea. <laughs> it's going to be so good. Um, it's going to be fantastic. So, <laughs> Ellen, my wife, and I, we, we met in 2009, 2010-ish. I can never remember exactly. It was 2009. Um, and so, these this movie, um, The Weatherman, uh, Lord of War, obviously, back-to-back, and a, a few other... Uh, movies kind of similar to The Weatherman had all come out around the same time. So you mentioned Stranger Than Fiction, which we've talked about on this show, uh, which is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, and I have to have said something about it, but um, we haven't uh, we haven't discussed it for the show. But uh, Punch Drunk Love, the Adam yes. Sandler uh, movie, and The Weatherman. So those three movies fall into that that same era of filmmaking. That was this kind of like artsy super super awkward comedy like not full-on dark comedy but like not like any of these actors not necessarily like typical roles will ferrell in kind of a serious role it's a funny movie but you know kind of a more serious like down-to-earth role for him adam sandler in a very dramatic role but like it's still a like there are there's awkward laughs to to punch drunk love. It's not you know it's, it's not a you know Mr. Deeds or a Billy Madison, but right. you know there's still some funny to it. And the same thing with uh, with the Weatherman, where it's Nicolas Cage playing a serious role, which is he's not foreign to. Like he's not really a, a comedic actor, um, but brings just the right amount of levity to it. And the the writing is excellent. The the cinematography is beautiful, uh, and so like that style of movie really resonated with me still does but really like in, in that time in the mid to late 2000s uh was really resonating with me and so um uh, kind of person I, I think you're the same where like when i meet someone that i i think I, I might spend time with uh pretty much show them who i am right away so i made her watch all of these movies uh within the first several times that we'd we'd hung out so she got to know exactly who i was very quickly <laughs> i too like to put all my red flags up front as well yeah. and be like listen babe this is what you're getting into here you go <laughs> and surprisingly uh, after all that, she stuck around and will still watch those movies with me. Uh, so, like, somehow they, they stand the test of time. Although, uh, I will agree with Ellen when uh, we finished watching this today and she said, uh, this hits differently when you're older <laughs> than it did when it first <laughs> came out. Boy, does it ever. <laughs> yeah, actually, so Will Ferrell also, also did... Um, uh, so a year before this, Will Ferrell did Melinda and Melinda, which is actually okay. a Woody Allen movie. 
Um, uh, I believe we're going to, I'm going to double confirm, but I'm pretty sure Melinda and Melinda is a, uh, is a Woody Allen film. Um, yeah. And it's a, it's a really crazy film. Uh, it's two alternating stories, one comedy and the other a tragedy about Melinda's attempts to straighten out her life. And Will Ferrell is one of the, um, people in it. So we did that in 2004. And then in 2006, he did uh, Stranger Than Fiction. So he, right around this time, yeah, uh, he was doing this this kind of back-to-back uh, thing. And I think, if I'm not mis- uh, mistaken, you talked about Punch, Brunk, uh, Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that uh, um, right around this time, so like, oh yeah, so we have 2009, uh, Adam Sandler does Funny People, which I fucking love that movie. Um, I, I I'm not normally an Adam Sandler fan, um, but I actually really love funny people. But in 2004, he did Spanglish, which is another along those lines uh, so, of of this. And then a few years earlier, he did Anger Management. Same idea. What's weird is I, 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 I should give Spanglish another try. I actually watched that in the theater. And at the time, I didn't like it. Uh, but like I genuinely hated everything Adam Sandler did prior to um, Punch Drunk Love. Like Punch Drunk Love yeah. and Mr. Deeds were the first movies that I saw with him in it that I actually enjoyed. Um, and obviously, you know, Mr. Deeds was a little bit more like his, his older stuff, but there was like finally like a, a hint of the maturity that he put on full display in Punch Drunk Love uh, and then later Spanglish. Um, but yeah, like I haven't watched much of his stuff since then either, oddly enough. Um, but like that again, like that era, like early early two thousands to mid two thousands, he was making some really good films. Yeah, I mean, you figure you got uh, the Wedding Singer, um, you've got Fifty First Dates. I mean, you know, I mean, we've mentioned it all the time. I'm a fucking <laughs> sucker for romantic comedies, and like Fifty First Dates with the Wedding Singer, fucking love it. Spanglish is not a romantic comedy, but th- there is that element to it, and it's uh, falls in line with that. It's a it's a romance movie, you know. It's a it's mm-hmm. kind of that kind of movie. Um, you know, but, and Mr. Deeds kind of falls in line with that too. It's less silly. I mean, there still is some of the silly characters to it. Um, but it's the Billy Madison's, the, um, the water boys, uh, the don't mess with the Zohan. I, I can't, I can't do those movies. Like even like I liked Zoolander. I mean, I know that's Ben Stiller. I like Zoolander, but even that's like pushing it. I don't like those really like super slapsticky yeah. things, which is odd because I fucking grew up watching slapstick comedy. I grew up watching the Marx Brothers. I mean, there, you know, there still was a lot of wit to that too, but yeah. like it's, it's, there's something about like, even like, uh, Will Ferrell in like old boy, like that's even kind of pushing it a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. like it's some of those characters, it's just too much. It's too much of that. Like the louder I get, the funnier it's supposed to be and not like, yeah, but yeah. Also, you have to be smart and like funny about, you know, like I want actual comedy and not just, hi, I'm yelling, so you must be laughing. Yeah. The writing has to be good. The characters have to be someone that you at least can stand, if not want, like actually like relate to or root for. Sure. And a lot of the like, just like goofy or like shock comedies that were, were coming around around that time, like late nineties to early two thousands or even after like, you know, most of like all of Adam Sandler's career, most of Will Ferrell's, you know, yep. like most of like Rob Schneider, yeah, uh, like, Kevin James a little bit later after, after King of Queens. Yeah. I can take some of that in, in small doses, but like, just not that much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but the, the weatherman, um, 
2004, uh, 2005, Nick, Nick Cage in his prime, but also uh, pretty stellar cast across the board. Yeah. Uh, I mean, first of all, Michael Caine playing... Michael Caine. Uh, <laughs> Michael Caine. <laughs> uh, playing uh, Nick Cage's father in this movie this was a fantastic choice. He's just, he's just a great actor. and With an uh, American accent, nonetheless. <laughs> and just how, like just deadpan he is uh, this role and like he delivers yes. some of the funniest lines but <laughs> it's from what is this just chucking and sucking <laughs> it's just from a, like a sense of bewilderment yeah. <laughs> and uh hope davis uh, as uh, his estranged uh, ex-wife um and i don't know if this is who i think it is but uh michael rispoli uh looked really familiar to me yeah he's been in a bunch of stuff yeah you know, uh, rum diary kick ass summer of sam like He's uh, so he, he is who I thought he was. Okay, yeah, uh, playing the the, uh, the the boyfriend, the boyfriend, yeah, the boyfriend yeah. of the, the ex mother, ex wife, ex mother, uh, the ex wife, uh, and uh, uh, Nicholas Holt. Nicholas uh, Holt. The, this is before he. I mean, he's just a, he's a baby in this. Yeah, yeah. So like, just across the board, great cast, great writing, and again. Uh, much like Lord of War, this is a, a movie where Nicolas Cage is narrating. So he's yeah, he, he's I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I, that like, it, it kind of was the same. It was the same a little bit. I don't know why that format works so well for me with with Nick Cage telling me the story of what what's happening to him as a character. Uh, I just it works. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean. I don't know, man. I want Nick Cage to just tell me things anyways. Like, <laughs> you know, like if there, you know, if there's, you know how they have those charity events sometimes where you're like, oh, you know, if you donate $50,000 or more, you're entered in for a chance to have lunch with a insert celebrity or something. Like I would donate to that just to, to like have lunch with Nick Cage and just be like, hey man, just tell me a story. And just be like, all right, so listen, you know, and it just goes on and I'm like, all right. Okay, so it's it's 2001, right? And uh, I don't know. You know, it'd be great. Um, but but the format works. The format works for Nick Cage. He's he is that kind of uh, you know, as you said, and and that's why there's there's a lot of similarities between these two roles. Uh, obviously, less illegal uh, <laughs> this time around. Yes. Um, but the, the interesting thing about both of these uh, both of these films, both Lord of War and The Weatherman, is that we see Nick Cage basically struggling to be a person in mm -hmm. in the broadest sense like he you know uh, nick cage in lord of war is is striving towards ambition but it's it's kind of it's kind of flip-flopped in this one you know or actually it's actually pretty much the same thing he is striving for, towards ambition and he wants to be successful in business and he wants to be a successful person at the cost of family you know yeah. and in the other one it's the same thing he's constantly mm -hmm. away. he's constantly you know thinking of other things um neither of these characters are are really good people and no. neither of them in the end really learn anything you no. know like this time around he kind of gets a little better but yeah go ahead and I, I like that, and I'm glad that you're drawing the parallel because both of these movies, uh, they don't have uh, what I would consider happy endings, but they have yeah. what I would consider the good ending for the movie. Uh, and that's always something, uh, again, that, that's resonated with me. In addition to the, the awkward comedy, uh, the ending that is um, 
that is not a happy ending, but it's the right ending. I like that it because is. it feels more real. It does like it wouldn't have. And again, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but it wouldn't have been uh, a realistic uh, and, by extension, an enjoyable experience if everything works out for Dave Spritz in the end and he gets the happy life that he dreamed of because he doesn't do anything to earn it. He doesn't change. He doesn't grow. Uh, like you said, he, he starts to, he, he goes down the, the right path. Uh, and there's a, a little monologue that Cage has towards the end of this film uh, that perfectly encapsulate the, encapsulates this, where he talks about how, like, as a younger man, he saw all these potential paths for him, all these different people that he could be. And as time went on slowly, year after year, that number narrowed and narrowed and narrowed and narrowed until finally there was only one. And that's who he is. Yeah. And it's that idea of learning to accept who he is and make decisions based on who he is rather than who he might be or who he could have been or who he should have been. Uh, it's like focusing his, uh, his efforts on being the best possible version of who, who life has made him. Yeah, you know, so so the very, uh, you know, you mentioned about who he should have been. So, you know, the thing about David Spritz is he mentions, you know, the idea that his, his father, Robert Spritzel, is a very famous uh, writer, um, you know, not only, uh, uh, you know, very, you know, when won the Pulitzer Prize, all these awards, like he's very, very well respected mm -hmm. um, uh, person in, in kind of the similar world. And he talks about... Um, looking up to his father as, in terms of a successful person in his professional life. But then he also even says like, you know, uh, I would, you know, I would want to tell you that my dad, you know, was a bad dad. But the fact of the matter was he was also a good dad. Like, yeah, he was, he was successful in both professional and personal life. And this is, this is sort of that expectation where, um, where David Spritzer, looks up to his father and wants to be that. He wants to be successful professionally and personally, and he ends up failing at both because he never focuses on one or the other, and he ends up just, you know, uh, uh, just spacing out on both, you know? He ends mm -hmm. up just being a mediocre meteorologist. You know, he, this takes place in the town of Chicago, uh, coincidentally, uh -huh. uh, Caleb, you know? Um, and, you know, he, he, you know, there's this ongoing theme throughout the movie where he keeps getting pelted and harassed by people um, yeah. on the street, which is also really weird because, like, they turn a quarter and it's like they're, they're, like, seeking him because, like, they always see him from behind. I mean, like, how, do, how are they recognizing him so quickly yeah. and so coincidentally that they're able to throw food at him <laughs> every time? It's great because it, it starts with, like, he gets hit by a, a, a frosty. Just yep. as his dad is walking up and, you know, they have this, like, again, his, his father was a, a great father, but they have this kind of tense relationship as adults, I, I think, uh, largely because uh, Dave, Nick Cage, is, is disappointed himself and is projecting that disappointment uh, <clears throat> forward, like, as coming, like, from his, his dad when, like, I think his dad just doesn't understand why uh, Dave tries so hard at everything except... Like the right things, I don't know. Yeah, um, but he he gets hit with a frosty, and uh, his father walks out. He's like, "What happened?" He's like, "I, I got hit with a frosty." What's a frosty? 
It's a shake from Wendy's. Why would someone throw a shake at you? They, don't, they, they do this sometimes. And he goes into the whole explanation about how people throw food at him. And like sometimes it's, you know, once it was a burrito, sometimes it's shakes, sometimes it's sodas. Like at one point he's sitting in his car with it parked with the window down and someone chucks a fucking big gulp through the window. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it sets up this great running gag to the point where like later on his father kind of like rolls up on him as he's about to walk into his building. He's like, hey, weatherman. He's just like, cringes like ducks <laughs> waiting for it to happen <laughs> which is it, it's great and uh, you know at first i thought the at first i was concerned about uh, michael kane's character because i was like is he just being like annoyingly obtuse or is there like a like a thing you know because they kept going to the doctors i was like oh maybe he has alzheimer's like i thought maybe that's how they're because he kept asking questions that i was like I feel like you should know this, but then as we get to learn, uh, you know, of his character and 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 David Spritzer, uh, Nick Cage's character, I think you bring up a really good point of this is his perspective, mm-hmm. is because he doesn't fully understand his father. Like he he very much respects his father and he very much loves his father, obviously, but I think he he doesn't get how his dad was able to do what he did. So his dad comes off as this very confused person yeah. to him. And everybody kind of does this. Like everybody asks, you know, questions and he's like, why are, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And I think it's really more of this. It's that perspective of like, he's, he's projecting that because he does not know what he is doing at all. He, he has no he, concept. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't have patience at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like when he tries something and, it doesn't work. He very much has that, like, wah, throw your hands up. And uh, like that, like the whole rest of the world is wrong and you know, I'll never succeed because you don't believe in me sort of mentality. Right. 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 <laughs> so, uh, and, and we do also mention, you know, Nicholas Holt, uh, is, is, uh, one of the kids. And then, uh, there's another one, the daughters, uh, uh, who is played by, uh, Gemini de la Peña. Um, uh, who- so, yeah. Most recently has been, I guess, doing some writing. She's writing and acting uh, as of a couple of years ago in Bunker Z. So she turns 30 next year and she plays a 12-year-old in this movie. That's yeah. fucked up. That's too long ago. <laughs> um, so let's... Well, uh, <laughs> in her defense, uh, she was 12 in this movie. So. Right, right, right. <laughs> Um, so we, uh, let's, let's cut to a break really quick. And when we come back, we are going to, uh, continue on and kind of go through the story of the weatherman. Procast. They're guys with beers talking about movies with capes. Every episode goes in depth with a different superhero movie, a classic of modern cinema, a certified stinker. It doesn't matter if it's a superhero movie, they're going to talk about it. Start with a little bit of comedy, add in some film analysis, and finish it off with a heaping dose of geekery. You've got the Superpod Hero Cast. It doesn't matter if you're a casual fan or a 20th level nerd. Download their latest episode, grab a beverage, and enjoy the fun. The Superpod Hero Cast. Be heroic. Caleb and Kitsy revisit, and newcomer to the show, Andrea, watches for the first time the 2004 sci-fi series Battlestar Galactica. They've just entered their third season, which means you've got two full seasons of sci-fi gold to binge if you want to watch along with them. Whether you're the commander of a soon-to-be decommissioned battleship, or recently promoted to president of the Twelve Colonies, 
Join Caleb, Kitsy, and Andrea as they make their way through the Battlestar Galactica universe one episode at a time. Watch Battlestar Galactica free on Peacock and find Condition 1 at Condition one throughout the podcast.com or wherever you get podcasts. Just were quiet for like 10 seconds and then we came back and you didn't have that. Maybe one day I'll build in the commercials into the Twitch chat. I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> what you should do is just click the we'll be right back button. Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> i do actually have so i i was talking about this in the chat but i, I bought a stream deck mini uh the mm-hmm. elgato stream deck mini so we actually use them in left of the dial live uh we use it to switch between the cameras while you're watching left of the dial live on youtube um uh, that's what they're using as as their video switcher um but what's cool is you can program a bunch of tasks into one key so i actually mm. made a nahoit key and put our logo as as the uh, button and when i click it it opens up all the programs that are needed for um, for basically when we record these episodes. Like it launches, you know, it launches GarageBand to record the audio. It launches Ring Central, which is what we use to do our video chat. And it launches Streamlabs, which is now going to switch over to Twitch, uh, the Twitch uh, app, because apparently that's the one I need to make sure people can hear Caleb live. Hey. Which is, I, I just learned this. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so it's really cool, but I do have it programmed in that if I click it, I can run one minute uh, worth of ads on Twitch, on my Twitch channel. Yeah. Um, so I could always do that as well. Um, <laughs> do some like shuffle music, elevator yeah. music, like old, old like, you know, adult swim ad break and we'll go get drinks or whatever. That's actually <laughs> what I'm going to do. I'm going to make uh, I'm going to make those for my starting in uh, be right vaccines. Um, I, so, so speaking of those, so those are, are becoming, they're like, it was like a trend on TikTok to like do those old Adult Swim ads. I heard about that. Yeah, for a while. And it was really funny. And it was really cute. So way back when I used to work for Fox, right? Uh, and I was a promotions producer. And my job was to make promos to get people to watch Fox, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and that's what I did. And I remember this is right around the time. This is early 2000s. And this is right around the time when Adult Swim was getting, you know, was like kind of around a lot. And they were, this is when they started doing these sort of ads. Like this is right around that same time. I think this is 2000, this is 2006. And I remember pitching one. I was like, yo, we should, we should do one of these. Like, you know, it, it'd be funny. Like, let's do one, you know, for our shows. And I remember like everybody was like, no, it's stupid. Nobody thinks they're funny. Like either they just didn't get it or they just weren't into it. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like really, we should do this. We should do one. It'd be really funny. You know, I think it's it's a cool trend and we should kind of hop on that because we did that a lot. You know, you hop on trends. That's what you do mm-hmm. now on social media. Mm-hmm. Social media wasn't a thing back then. So you basically copied other, you know, <laughs> copied or improved upon other TV stations or other things. And I remember just being like, well, I'm going to do it anyways, uh, just because I think it's really good. So I made one uh, for, for Fox, specifically for the Fox website. And I remember my bosses being like, "I this is stupid. I don't get it. And so I submitted it to the Emmys uh, for a promotion to, to basically get a, you know, to like win an award. And I was nominated for an Emmy for that spot. And <laughs> I, I, I will tell you, I walked around that thing being like, see, See, I told you so, just, but I ended you up losing were just a Cuba. smug sack of shit. Oh, it. you're damn right, I was. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, 
you know, but I, I, oh man, I was, I was unbearable. Uh, but you know, I ended up losing to, uh, Anderson Cooper. I think, no, no, no. I, I lost to, um, the New York Yankees back to Brooklyn ad is what I ended up losing to, Womp. but I still got nominated to an Emmy and, uh, I still am okay with losing to the New York Yankees. Like, I don't know. I still think that's okay. It was specifically the yes network. Um, uh, okay. but yeah, yeah, so screw you, Fox. I've got good ideas. I'm an Emmy-nominated producer. Uh, anyway, so uh, so when we left, we had kind of give you the the overview of the weatherman. So one of the really uh, other kind of devastating things about this film is that so David Spritzer's life, his marriage is on the rocks, and mm-hmm. it's actually kind of interesting. And there's a scene we get towards the end where uh, you know he he's remembering back to times when they were married, Which... and he has this whole scene where his wife is like, "You never pay attention to me. You you know you don't remember anything. Go get tartar sauce." And he's like, "I can totally go get tartar sauce." Tartar <laughs> sauce, and he heads off. And we just see him being like, okay, tartar sauce, tartar sauce. And he sees some, you know, cute girl in front of him and he's, he's looking at her ass and he's like, I just want to bury my face right inside of there. No, tartar sauce, tartar sauce. And then he goes on this rant about, about going down on women. He starts thinking about Neil Diamond and yeah. Neil, Neil Armstrong. Like, how yeah. many famous Neils are there? And by the time he gets to the, the restaurant to, to get the food, like, anything else? He's like, nope. And he gets home, and of course, he forgot the tartar sauce. And she's like, how could you forget? He's like, oh, yeah, they were out. They said they were sorry. And of course, she doesn't believe him, so she calls the restaurant. Which is just fantastic. I think about that scene all the fucking time, (laughs) especially if if the words tartar sauce are mentioned, uh, or if I'm thinking about, like, getting fish, and then so subsequently tartar sauce. Like, it just just pops into my mind. It's like, tartar sauce, tartar sauce, tartar sauce. (laughs) I can remember tartar sauce. <laughs> I, I always remember that scene being much earlier in the film. So like, it was more than halfway through when it finally happened. And I was like, am I, am I thinking of the wrong movie? Is there another Nicolas Cage movie where he talks about tartar sauce? Probably. Which there probably is. But <laughs> it was definitely this film that I was thinking of. Yeah. But that, that scene perfectly illustrates exactly who Dave Spritz is. Like, he doesn't. Like he he can't focus. He doesn't pay attention to people. He's kind of self-absorbed, uh, but also just kind of like flighty. It's not even necessarily like a malicious or a selfish thing. He's just like kind of just not entirely there. Like his brain wanders, which I can relate to absolutely. Sure. But then like he makes mistakes because of that, and then like can't own up to them. Like can't like it. It has to be like someone else's fault, or like, uh, and then you know. When uh, Noreen, uh, his wife, uh, gives him shit for it, understandably, sure, he then kind of like tries to throw it back at her, like, "Oh, I can't believe you're you mad. You get mad at the stupidest things, and like, oh, it's not my fault." And like, it is, buddy. It it definitely is. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, men will literally take up archery instead of going to therapy, <laughs> <laughs> which is another thing that i just it, it always stands with stands out about this movie to me that i love uh so he has a, a young daughter uh shelly right is shelly yep yeah shelly uh who um just she can't quite uh, decide on a, a hobby something she wants to do so they, they have her enrolled in dance classes but she hates it and there's uh, I guess fair warning. There's a little bit of uh, of fat shaming because she's a a little bit of a, a thicker girl, 
which yeah. I mean, she's she's fucking twelve years old. Just let her live her goddamn life. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so you know, the grandfather's like, I'm worried about her. She's overweight. She's like, she doesn't belong in dance class. She's not happy. She said as much. And apparently, like the grandfather uh, has a much better relationship with both the the ex wife and the kids than Dave does. Yeah. Which isn't terribly surprising given that we know that he was himself a, a great father. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, you know, Dave, Dave's like, you know, we, we're working on, we're, we're trying to, we're trying other things. Like, well, maybe you should like actually do other things. And so he, he uh, asked, uh, Dave asked her what she wants to do. She's like, archery. So he gets her archery lessons and she tries a couple times and hates it and gives up. And he, he later asks her, so like, what, what was like, what, did interest you about it. She's like, I, you know, I wanted to kill stuff. It's like, okay, that's bow hunting. That's a different thing. And I'm not right. going to do that. She's like, I just wanted to kill animals. I thought it'd be cool. Like, oh, I don't okay. want to kill animals. So we're not doing that. Right. Uh, but it, it like sticks with him and he actually goes back and like, this is one of the, the few like, like glimmers, a few little hints of character growth we have where uh, he decides to like actually, focus on a thing and learn archery and um, use that to kind of alleviate some of his frustration and his nervous energy and like try to give himself some, some sort of purpose. Uh, all the while we have this overarching story where like, you know, he's a, a local TV weather guy. He's as, as we said, and as the name implies uh, and people know him and he's doing okay. And like he makes a, According to this movie, a staggeringly good salary for like what he does. $250,000 a it's year, like man. 280 Yeah. <laughs> like, it's um, more than double the best paying job that I've ever had. Yeah. Uh, and you know, whatever. Like, that, that's not a dunk on meteorologists. They, they, they do good work. Um, but but still, it's like, like, damn, good for you, man. <laughs> it, it, like, his father even calls him out on Like, he doesn't have a degree in meteorology. So, like... As his father puts it, like you, you just read the weather. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, no, I predict it. Well, you just read it, <laughs> and uh, so he's he like he's trying to like move to the the next level in his career, and he's he's in the running for a role on uh, they call it uh, Hello America with Bryant Gumble. So it's a big New York, yeah. uh, big time you know national show. And so like that's that's what he's he's trying to focus on. That's kind of part of what's like really drawing all his attention away from the important things in his life is that like, he's so focused on getting this cause it's going to be a huge salary. I mean, he's going to be like all in with endorsements and everything, making over a million, which holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's 1.2 million and a $42,000 endorsement deal with Perina like, uh, dog food. That's like just a built in, like a, a given, like part of the contract is he also has this like required endorsement with Purina, but it's 42 grand. <laughs> that's wild that's oh my wild. god that that one endorsement is more than a, an amazon warehouse worker <laughs> is more than it. <laughs> right and they're Full the ones circle. sending them that uh perino food <laughs> <laughs> why is why is david spritz need all this perina dog food oh my god yeah um so yeah he's he's not doing good but uh it turns out neither is his father yeah. So, uh, so one of the big, uh, kind of overlying things about this is, you know, he, the reason why he keeps kind of being around his father outside of just the fact that it's his dad is that his dad is, is, uh, having a lot of hospital visits, doctor visits, uh, visits. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that his dad actually has lymphoma. So he Which... is, 
uh, late stage lymphoma. So he is, uh, you know, he, he learns he, he has a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. And in fact, uh, I think it only spans over a couple of months, this film. Um, I think it's like maybe three months and we learn that he has lymphoma and he dies within three months, mm -hmm. which is, which, uh, it's very sad. And especially, you know, you, you just, you get so attached to that, that character because he's so good. He's so well-written and so well-acted. Yeah. It's Michael Caine. Yeah. How can you not? Um, which that actually, uh, come to think of it, breaks uh, Michael Caine's cardinal rule, where like he takes a script, flips to the back page, and sees if his character yeah. is still alive in the end, and that's how he decides if he should take it. <laughs> he uh, should take the role. So yeah. Apparently, he, he was around for enough of this this, this role that, that he felt it was worth it. <laughs> that it was um, okay. Yeah. But in the midst of all this, uh, um, Dave Spurs's mother. Um, who is the like she's the kind of like you know see the best in everything sort of situation she ignores the bad and she just wants to give love she's yeah. just she's just a, a happy loving person uh she in trying to process her grief with the imminent death of her uh lifetime partner uh finds this concept of a living funeral uh, where they they do what would normally be a funeral awake or whatnot and get everyone together, but do it while the person's still alive so they can actually say their goodbyes. Interesting idea. Yeah, I, I have heard of these before. Um, you know, like a, the celebration of life party type things. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it is an interesting idea. And the speech. So so uh, David goes up to make a speech in this yes. in this thing, and just <laughs> as he gets up, he says. You know, uh, you know, my dad's an amazing person, and he reminds me a lot of Bob Seger, like a rock. And just as he says that, the power goes out uh, for for roughly forty minutes. And when the power actually comes back, everybody forgets that Dave was in the middle of a speech. You know, like honoring his father's life, and everybody just kind of like goes on with the party, and then they all say their goodbyes, and he's like. What the fuck? And I think this is a really, really interesting thing. Now, I do want to mention this movie is directed by Gore Verbinski. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Gore Verbinski, uh, probably mainstream, most notably known for the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Um, but he's also done a few movies. He did, uh, what, what was it, Wonder? Um, uh, what else? He's he, he's done, a, I mean, you know, he he's a director that people know. He did uh, Rango. Um, he did the Lone Rangers. So he's done a lot of uh, uh, Johnny Depp films. He did Cure for Wellness. Um, uh, what else? Uh, this he did the Ring, the one back in two thousand two. He actually did the Mexican, oh. which is a really good movie. That's a Brad Pitt movie. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, and then a bunch of Bad Religion uh, uh, music videos and no effects. That's actually good. No S and M Airlines. That's pretty cool. Nineteen eighty nine. And apparently the uh, the Budweiser Frogs back in ninety five. Oh my God, Budweiser. <laughs> Wow. Uh, Those are some throwbacks. So it, it's great because everyone moves on and like forgets about the, the speech and nobody cares what he was going to say except one day his dad shows up and like you know, they, they sit in the car and he's, he's like, I don't understand. And he starts playing the song. He's like, help me understand. And he was like, you know, the, I had so much more I wanted to say. The, like, you know, it specifically gets to the point where he says... Uh, and I held firmly to what I felt was right, like a rock. He's like, you know, I wanted to focus on this part. And, you know, you could tell that, like, he had things that he wanted to express about his relationship with his father, about who he thought his father was a person was as a person. But it was just very much Dave Spritz's luck that 
it got cut off at the dumbest possible time. You know, when I think about my father, I'm reminded of Bob Seger's Like a Rock. And that's it. That's all he gets to say. <laughs> Which, it's, it's such an interesting thing because this, this scene totally kind of like sums up the, the entirety of the film is mm-hmm. Dave feels like nobody cares about him because he doesn't care about him at all. Mm-hmm. Like he tries with his kids, but it's such a, it's such a shallow, like he loves his kids. Do not get, do not get that wrong. Like mm-hmm. it is very clear that Dave Spritzer, Dave's love his, his kids. He loves his son. He loves his daughter. He's trying really hard. You know, uh, his daughter is being teased at school for wearing, um, too tight of pants, uh, which, you know, because of, you know, the thing about, of her size and stuff like that. And she's being teased very brutally about it. Um, she doesn't understand the extent to which, why she's being teased. And so he goes off and, and gets her all of these new outfits, uh, when they're off in New York while he's doing his audition and he cares about her and he see, you know, he takes her, uh, uh, um, uh, skating in, in, uh, you know, at Rockefeller center and he notices that she's been smoking, you know, she's been off smoking and, and doing these sort of things. And, and he sees that she's drifting, you know, he finds out that his son has been hanging around with this like camp counselor or something. Well, he's, uh, so there, there's just the briefest hint earlier in the movie where he was caught with marijuana and oh, right. you know, yep. you, the, the grandfather asks, like, how is, you know, Mark, I think his name? Mike. Uh, Mike. You know, how is, yep. yeah, there's Mike. How, how is Mike? And, you know, like, oh, we don't think it's it's actually a, a problem with pot. You know, he, he's he's doing good. He's, he's in a program. So they send him to, like, basically, like, a rehab type, uh, get you, you know, get you back on the straight and narrow sort of path right. uh, program. And it's one of the counselors from that program who... Uh, has gotten just a little bit too close with Mike, uh, yeah. where he's ha- like buying him gifts when he runs into him at the mall, and he's taking him out to the movies, and he's making him dinner in his house. And there's this really creepy, sleazy, gross scene uh, where he's like, "Oh, you know, do you do you lift weights? Like, what kind of programming? Oh, we should take some before and after shots, you know, so you can really see your gains." And it's just like, "Oh, God. and so. Uh, we alluded to this earlier when we were you know, joking about it, like, ah, I wailed on him. Uh, when Cage finds out about this, when Dave Spritzer uh, Spritz finds out about this, he tracks the guy down and, like, throws the, the camera that he got uh, Mike as a gift and the, the shirt and everything, like, in his face, literally in his face, like, hits him in like, the face with the smacks camera. smacks him in the face with it. Yeah. Which is awesome. Uh, yeah. And then just proceeds to beat the shit out of him. He's like, he's a kid. Like, I know he looks grown, but he's a kid. And, like... I swear to God, if you come near him again, like I will take this shit that you bought him to the cops myself, and like you're gonna like um, he had made a pass at uh, at Mike. He tried to uh, apparently tried to give him a blowjob, and Mike right. rejected him, of course, and then like smashed his window and like was like fuck you, get away from me. Should have uh, been his face. Correct reaction. Correct. Uh, and so when the, the police got involved, uh, the, the counselor tried to say that Mike tried to steal his wallet. And, you know, when, when Davis beating the shit out of him, he's like, right. you're, you're going like, you're, you're to drop this shit about my, my son trying to steal from you. Because uh, if you want to go down this path, I will fucking ruin you. Yeah. Uh, as, I mean, they should have gone down that path, and uh, he should have absolutely ruined him. <laughs> he should have absolutely yeah. ruined him. Yeah, yeah, it is to note Mike is 15, so content warning. 
I guess content warning, there is swearing throughout the movie. Uh, there are two references uh, in a sexual nature towards both of the kids. You know, mm -hmm. as we mentioned, one with the daughter, she's being teased for camel toe. And mm -hmm. then Mike uh, is, is basically put into a situation with a pedophile and it is implied that the pedophile uh, did some things. There is also a scene where he goes over to that guy's house and the guy you know, it's like, oh, do you work out and has him take off a shirt and he takes some photos of him. Um, yeah. Although they are not, uh, the photos themselves are not sexual in nature. It is very much implied that the the uh, counselor is getting that sort of uh, a sense out of it and is trying to uh, do that. So, yeah. Um, so content warning. And then there is, you know, outside of the things that uh, Dave Spritzer says, there is a a scene where, um, you know, Dave, uh, Nick Cage ends up picking up a woman, uh, having sex with her. And uh, we do see her boob uh, hypnotically bouncing. Um, <laughs> She's wearing the like traditional, uh, for lack of a better term, beer wench. Uh, dress, yeah, uh, and her breasts pop out of that as she's bouncing. On yeah, as she it's is, so uh, like it's cartoonish. Like, it is. Yeah, it's it's real human nudity, but it's just so cartoonishly presented that it like it's always funnier than sexual to me. <laughs> yeah, no, it was because he's he's just like like hypnotically <laughs> staring at his boob just bouncing in circles and he's like hmm. his head is banging against yeah. the headboard <laughs> he's still dressed up like abraham lincoln with his beard half off <laughs> oh it's great uh typical nick cage uh scene um so there is that so those that's your content warning for this film um uh but yeah so uh and you know, so we mentioned all these things that we see these these sort of, you know, life and and we do talk about the fact that Dave Spritzer is he he doesn't know um he doesn't know how to invest his time in anything. He's mm -hmm. it, but the thing is about it is that a lot of times with movies like this, we see characters like this and it's like oh, they only care about their work. But that's not even the case with this movie though and with this character because he doesn't like he even is is uh <laughs> the, the lincoln the sex scene really ring the bell with yes. uh with, with our twitch uh, viewers um and uh, i mean it's a scene but the thing is about it is that like you know even with uh with getting the opportunity for this like he is very focused on it but it's not it's not distracting him enough because even when he gets to the opportunity where he is offered the job mm -hmm. he is in fact offered the job he would have to move to new york to it you know it is happening right around the same time that the mike situation is happening it happens right around the same time as his father uh you know basically getting sick and dying which in all fairness i feel like if they called him, we were like, hey, man, we really want you for this job. And he was like, hey, my dad just found out he has like final stage lymphoma and is probably going to die any minute. You got to give me a week. I'm sure they would be like, yeah, of course, that's fine. You would hope. You, I would hope. I mean, they seem pretty cool because like he ignores their calls for like a week. Mm -hmm. And the guy was like, hey, man, like. I, you know, I, I hope you're okay. Uh, I hope you could return my call. Like, you know, give me a call. We really want you. We're really excited for you. Like, just let me I've know if you're going to down the list. Yeah. If like I've got to move down the list, let me know. But like, right. That's polite, man. If yeah. I didn't call a job after like a, like in the film industry, if I didn't return your phone call within an hour, I would already have been replaced. Yeah. <laughs> like I cannot tell you that has happened to me before. I have gotten calls. People are like, Hey, do you want to do this job? And I'll like not have gotten the call and then I'll call back like an hour later and they're like, oh, we already grabbed somebody else. I'm like, cool, of course, yeah. because there are a fucking thousand of me wanting this job. <laughs> of course you would have done that. Whatevs. And um, like that was 
very much the case with uh, the job he was going for, too. There was like a thousand applicants. They were narrowing it yeah. down to three and like he was top choice. Uh, and I, I also love that, like you, you mentioned, like he's not even like laser focused on his work. Like that's not necessarily his top priority. He even has this whole scene where he admits like, I basically do two hours of work. I read from a teleprompter and like, you know, the part that I'm really good at is like the green screen performance, which sure I can imagine, like I, I haven't had to do that, but even just trying to point at things in the room behind me has proven difficult right. at times. Where you're so like, it's to master uh, being able to like there. just point at a green screen and like, you know, deliver a message that way. You know what? Kudos to him. Uh, yeah. But like, it's made very clear that he doesn't understand how weather works. Uh, there's a, a fantastic scene where the guy who's actually feeding him the data uh, so basically says that like there's a potential 18 degree variance in what the the highs and lows or whatever could be that day. And he's like, I'm not comfortable with that, and like, dude, it's just that's how weather works, man. It's just it's wind. It just blows everywhere. <laughs> Which is, is my go-to line when people talk about the weather. I'm like, I don't know, man. It's just wind. It just blows wherever. Uh, which is really great. So so two facts about that. So um, uh, one, there is this thing where he has what's called the spritz nipper. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of his his shtick. And he, he even makes a reference to like how demeaning it is that like these all these weather people have to have this sort of catchphrase or shtick. And that's kind of like what solidifies you. But oddly enough, is the reason he ends up getting that job, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the job at Hell America, is because they love the idea of the spritz nipper. And it's basically like the one day prediction where he predicts like when the snow will hit or when the cold days will hit. Yeah. Um, but the person that he is talking to um, in the that uh in that specific scene is the brother of the writer of this film steve candor oh, so uh neat. <laughs> yeah and he is also a writer and an actor and he he was he's been in a couple other things but yeah so that's another uh uh fun little fact about about that specific scene i also absolutely love the um scene where he's, he's talking about like the way that people react to the weather guy and and it shows a scene of like a, a like middle-aged couple watching the news and the guy's like, look at this asshole. <laughs> what, like, what kind of a name is Spritz? It's an asshole name. It's a TV name. I fucking hate him. And the wife is like, oh, I don't know. I like him. He's handsome. What an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. And again, we mentioned that while he's in Chicago, everybody just shits on him. Like, people come up to him and they're like, hey, you're the weather guy. And he's like, oh, no, no. And they're like, why are you being such an asshole? And he's like, oh, I, I don't know. And then he like kind of gets in these like arguments with people and people are throwing shit at him. He, but in the he, end of the movie. Yeah, um, he wants like a, a, a private life, but he's a very public figure. Figure, right. Uh, he's, in, like, he's a, a local a weird way. <laughs> He's a local celebrity. Uh, but, but like in the, the sense that like, you know, people feel like you get to know your, your local news person if you watch it enough. So like, I, I yeah. get it. No, totally. I, I mean, you know, coming from an area, a small town like, well, not a small town like Chicago, but a, an area where, you know, we have our famous news people, you know, there's yeah. you know, there's a couple that is like, you know them. Hell, I saw the Industrial Color Labs dude at uh, Plainville Turkey Farm restaurant one Thanksgiving and geeked out. And like that dude just like ran a local business and had commercials on the TV. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, shit, I was I was uh, in a movie screener with um like a like a press screener of a movie with Pappy Druitt who yeah. was like <laughs> 
Oh, he was a local guy who had a kid's show, and he would be like, we're going to draw cartoons and shit, and then do skits. And I saw him there, I was like, holy shit, that's Pappy Drew it. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> so that's awesome. Um, so in the end of the movie, Nick Cage ends up getting the uh, the New York job. And uh, it's funny because he, he starts talking about the change, a little bit of the change in thing. You know, like we mm-hmm. see that his kids have have started to kind of attach to him after his father's death. Um, and he he is happier. Has he mm-hmm. grown? No. But I think that he's starting to realize what it is that he needed to do, like the changes he needed to make within himself. So I don't think mm-hmm. you don't see the growth, but you do see that he is starting to recognize the changes he needs to make in his life. And there's a really funny line because he's walking down the street and everyone's like, hey, oh my God, hello America, you're the dude, can I get an autograph? And he's like, yeah, of course. Like, <laughs> he is totally into it this time. And he's like, yeah, people are nice to me and no one throw th- throws things at me anymore. It's probably because I walk around with my bow. <laughs> but I don't know. It's Because so that's the scene he's walking around New York City with the bow. And that's that is actually great. the poster for the film is him walking with with the uh, his bow and quiver yeah. uh, on his back. Because well, like, he sticks with archery and like it, that becomes his thing. And like you see him practicing in Central Park and, uh, you know, a guy <laughs> comes up comes up to him. He's like, wait, you're, a, you're the weatherman. <laughs> Is it going to rain today? He's like, who knows, man? He's <laughs> <laughs> <was> like, okay. <laughs> I, I, I love that. I just, oh, it's so good. Uh, it yeah, he, he stops trying to cling to what his, like, idealized version of his life from his past was. He, like, you know, stops trying to make things right with his wife where, like, that was never going to work because she fucking hates right. him for good reason. She does, yeah. Um, she even says, like, I fucking hated you the entire time. Yeah. And, you know, she, he lets that go and like she moves on she marries the the other guy and like you know just you know let her be happy okay sure and he he finds a way to uh to get to know his kids without trying to like influence their decisions or like change like who they should be or like you know force a hobby on them like archery things like that uh and so yeah it's 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 little steps in the right direction yeah definitely um, so the weatherman available streaming on, uh, Paramount plus, uh, or, uh, you know, rent or buy. Uh, um, when I was looking, uh, to schedule this, w- uh, this month, I also saw, uh, it should be on crackle. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know if it still is, but it was, you know, a month ago or whatever when I was looking. So, well, crackle yeah. is owned by Sony and Sony and Paramount, I believe are still, uh, in cahoots. So that, that, that tracks. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so should you watch this movie? I mean, we kind of already said in the beginning, but yeah, absolutely. I, I think this is a really, this is a, uh, not only one of those really great Nicolas Cage films, you know, where you see him in a more dramatic role and he's able to kind of have that Nick Cage element to him, but it's not to the point where it's cartoony like we see post 2005 Mm -hmm. um but it's also just a really tragic and depressing story about a guy who just spent his life not ever giving a hundred percent because he just didn't know how Mm -hmm. um and uh it's it it was an it's an interesting self uh, self introspective film uh so i definitely uh highly recommend highly recommend same yeah i mean this remains to this day one of my favorites uh, and if you do watch it, I, I think, uh, especially listeners that have been around long enough to know what movies that I like, you'll, you'll understand why. Yeah, uh, and, totally. 
<laughs> as I, I said, uh, Ellen's now washed it with me twice and uh, shows no signs of packing up her bags and leaving. So <laughs> that's good. That's that's yes. great. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So thanks a lot for joining us, everyone, for this episode. This concludes our Nick Cage month for this month. For now. Uh, for now. For now. Uh, although uh, I almost concluded it earlier because I definitely thought we were into July already. <laughs> I was about ready to watch our uh, our next week's next week's episode, uh, which is uh, Predestination. Yeah, which Ethan is Hawk. great because uh, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, uh, two people uh, wrote into uh, uh, the request form on thenohoit.com, which we we talk about every week if you visit our website. Uh, we have a contact form where you can fill out and let us know movies that you want to hear us talk about. Two people requested Predestination, and we would have watched it with, for one, but we're absolutely going to watch it for both y'all. I mean, why uh, would we not? So, Kevin and Brendan, thank you. Uh, we're we're going to watch that. And we got enough uh, listener requests that uh, uh, I think we could probably, if we, if we want, I think we could finagle back-to-back time travel months, or we could spread them out either way. Yeah, uh, but I mean, we, what is time, anyways? What is time? Nothing matters. Yeah, <laughs> nothing yeah. matters except these movies. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. and uh, of course, uh, you know, with the the overlap with Nick Cage month, uh, somebody requested uh, Peggy Sue got married, and you've mentioned it so many times that like I, we were going to have to watch it eventually anyway. But now that right. it's been requested, like it's got to be done. It's going to happen. Yeah. So. Uh, keep those requests coming in, folks. Uh, we love it, and we will watch them, and we will shout you out. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Time travel movies are among my favorites, and so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It's also nice uh, timing wise because it is uh, does kind of fall in line with uh, Loki, uh, mm-hmm. which is streaming on Disney Plus, which is about time travel. So we can kind of you know reference uh, uh, Loki episodes <laughs> here and there. Uh, yeah, our chat has made a really good point. If we're going to get into time travel enough, we could do it last month, too. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Hal. I appreciate that. Um, well done. Excellent joke. Excellent joke. Um, yeah, so so next month kicks off a probably very long stretch of time travel films, which is fine. Uh, we've got a lot of them uh, to do. And we'll, I mean, you know, we love it. So, so as Caleb said, go to the website, request all sorts of movies, you know, we, we are all in for movies that people have likely never heard of, whether it's a bad movie, a great movie, an indie film, or even a mainstream film that you think people should have watched. Um, uh, send us that request. We would absolutely love to watch it and, uh, talk about it here on the show. Um, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I just uh, mentioned this, but we have, uh, this is episode 182, uh, that you are listening to right now. And this does not include that, that episode count is not including bonus episodes or our trailer episodes. Um, but so we're, I mean, we're well over 200 if that's the case. Uh, but we have had a brand new episode every Sunday that's since so March of 2018. We have never missed a Sunday, uh, knock on wood. Um, and, uh, we, we have no signs of stopping. There are no shortage of films, uh, to do. Um, so definitely, uh, you know, make sure to hit that subscribe button. If you're listening on your podcast player of choice and yeah. leave a rating and review so more people can discover movies they have likely never heard of. There it is. There it is. So thanks a lot for joining us, everyone. We super appreciate it. And we will see you next time.
a father's tragic past hidden in the adventures of a cartoon mouse. A cautionary tale on the dangers of temporal tourism. A woman searching for answers after the death of an old friend. This is the Storyteller series, a Night Shift Radio original. Every month we bring a new short story to life in a full cast audio drama. We publish a second exclusive story to our online print edition, and we give you a glimpse behind the pages with our author interview series. Subscribe to the Storyteller series wherever you listen to podcasts, and visit nightshiftradio.com for more information. <laughs> <laughs>